on the podcast this week. We've got TV's Jamie East. Curfews. And we kick off the World Cup of alcohol-free beer. Welcome to Wet and Dry, a podcast about male drinking culture, sobriety, midlife crisis, pubs and friendship. I'm Matt and I'm wet. And I'm Jeff and I'm dry. Well done. Uh, this fact, is I'm gone. nine months dry. It's three quarters of the way through now. Gosh, nine months. And also, it's your month, isn't it? It's the October month. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know if it is for me because, you know, I was sober September and it'll be sober November. So. Have you noticed, though, that even sober October are coming to... You know, I've been coming towards you in this. Yeah. Shamefully embracing the alcohol-free culture. Sober October are coming towards me. Have you seen their ad? Uh, have I seen their ad? I don't think I have. So, so they've said because it's all messed up everything now, you don't have to go sober the whole October. You can. They've got different names for it. You can like not drink on a few days. Right. Or okay. They've come to me now. Pretty soon it'll be pissed October, <laughs> and I'll be the winner. Pissed October. Drink as much as you can all October. So, well, I mean, there are others in Australia. Dry July is a big thing. Do they just do it because it rhymes? That's when you don't well, drink. I mean, because it's got know. a good pun. The marketeers know what to pick. But the thing is, obviously, dry July is the middle of their winter, so it's kind of their dry January. Whereas there's no chance you'd get dry July off the ground here. Can you imagine? Like the best month for drinking, we're going to suggest you take it off. So yeah, so it is sober October. I guess we should welcome any new listeners who are giving us a go because of that. I've definitely noticed in my Facebook feed there is an increased quantity of sober ads. There's a lad that I go drinking with who's doing Sober October. Well, he was. I managed. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this sounds bad because I shouldn't do this anymore. But we had a meeting to do something on a website and we had it in the pub. And what he did was he decided that he would start Sober October on the Monday, henceforth drinking the Friday and the Saturday of October. So he, he's obviously taken the new nearly Sober October. Get pissed occasionally October. Start wherever you like. So, look, I must apologise because this is going to be a slightly shorter episode than normal. Is it? Why? Um, well, I'm squeezing you in again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I noticed you got Julia Roberts in the middle of the web. Adrian Charles, a lot. Julia Roberts popped up. We're talking about drinking. We go to a break and Julia pops up talking about how to save the world. Well, I think you'll be more appreciative of this one. I've got to cut you short because... Are you saying that I don't want to save the world? You're not that fussed about Julia Roberts. No, no I mean, me and Julia, I, I could be. I mean, I'm saying she probably doesn't even make your top six like dinner party invite list. No, she, she wouldn't. Whereas the person I've got to record with after this possibly does. Okay, he's a sportsman. I know that for a fact. <laughs> he's a sportsman. <laughs> and he's, he's a footballer or a cricketer. He's a cricketer. Okay, is he a batsman? No. <laughs> he's a bowler. He is a bowler. I'm going to go with, I'm going to throw straight in there. Is he a record-taking bowler? He is England's record-wicket-taking bowler. Is he Burnley's finest after Kieran he Trippier? He is the Burnley Lara. <laughs> uh, yes, G Jimmy Anderson. Jimmy Anderson's coming. What yeah, are you doing well, with Jimmy? I've got, to, I've got to record Tailenders after this podcast. Oh, so have you? Apologies. I've got to get some fish fingers and peas because we haven't <laughs> got them for tea after this. The different life we leave, eh? So let's go on with it. Um, <laughs> <sighs> right, a couple of quick ones. We've got to talk very, very quickly. At the moment, we're just not allowed to go out past 10 o'clock. 
I haven't been out since this curfew came out. I, I have. presume you have. I have quite a bit. What time did they ring the bell? Oh, nine. So, so I've been to the Wheat Chief three times. It's the only pub I've been to. So the Wheat Chief in Tooting. Now, 9.25 is last orders. Wow. They come round at 9.25 and you are out. You're not drinking up. You are out the door, doors locked by 10 on the dot. And it's not a gently time to leave now, come and drink up. It's I'm taking your pints off you at 10 to. Five so that, two. that's not cut it down by an hour. That's a good hour and a half. At oh, least. easily. Yeah, yeah. Even if you've got three or four pints, you ain't drinking them. You're out, shut by 10 and they're full on it. And by the time this podcast actually goes out, we might be looking back at that as the good old days. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, good, good job we don't record it up in Liverpool or well, something like that. I've got a friend like that, who's off it? up to Scotland this weekend and he said his trip looks suddenly less exciting. <laughs> it looks crap. <laughs> so, yeah, no, they're full on on it. Yeah, 9.25 last orders, out by 10. But, you know, the, the weirdest thing is not that. The weirdest thing I find is having to put a mask on when you get off your table to go and walk around. So if you want to go to the loo or you're going outside for a cigarette or you, you're putting your mask on. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. My habits have definitely changed over the last couple of months. I don't think I've been to a pub. Possibly. You've turned down three invitations I've given well, you Well, I haven't been around, uh, to, to, yeah. in my defence. Julie Roberts, Jimmy Anderson, <laughs> Richard Curtis, Madonna, Gandhi. I haven't, I haven't interviewed Madonna. <laughs> I don't think I've been out to a pub in a couple of months now. The pubs are still busy and Saturday night was difficult to get in because you've got to book in advance. It, it looks slightly different because everyone's sat down, so you've got no standing. So they're still busy, still, especially in Ballam. It, it still seems to be... People are going, but they're going home earlier. The other downside of squeezing this podcast in... How long have we got? (laughs) Was it like seven minutes? Uh, Talking of seven minutes, Jamie East will be on later in the podcast. Um, Another one of your celebrity friends. (laughs) I know Spike from Heidi High. When I say I know him, he once gave out some prizes at our school speech day. I didn't win it. I clearly didn't win any prizes. But that was the best they could get. Jeffy Holland, <laughs> Spike from Heidi High. It's gone. Well, so that's my bit. The other downside of recording this podcast at... Well, basically, you've just dropped your kids off at school and come straight round to dinner. I have, yeah. So it's very early in the morning. But... Uh, there is a new feature for this podcast. For season two, we have to do something new. Yeah, go on. So this morning is officially the first match in the World Cup of AF. Ooh, the World Cup of AF. Yep. So every week I'm going to give you two non-alcoholic beers. To so, so hold on. Um, am I the judge and jury in the World Cup you, of AF? You are the only official in the World Cup of AF. And I'm open to bribes. <laughs> uh, if any major brewers are listening... Uh, Just pay me, I'll tell you it's the best. Send your beers to. I'll pour it all over me naked body for you. You're meant to make it attractive for them. <laughs> so I've got two this morning, and look, I'm going to tell you what they are in advance. OK. Will it's, that give it away, because they're very different colours? I don't think it will. If I think it is going to t- uh, give it away, then maybe I'll hold it back till afterwards. There's a new player in the AF space. Aldi have launched two non-alcoholic beers this week. they now? And there's a great story about Aldi and beer recently. I don't know if you came across it. So one of the big breweries is obviously Brewdog, and they have their Punk IPA. Like, really popular craft beer. Punk IPA. Aldi released their new craft beer and called it Anti-Establishment IPA. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks... Like punk. Almost identical to punk. I mean, a more cynical, uh, let's call it spin-off, you will probably never find. The great thing is, 
Brewdog took it all in good humour and <laughs> and launched back with their new beer, Ald IPA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, that's the best way to do it. No, no Absolutely. silly court cases. So what, Go straight what a back at them. Fantastic uh, sense of humour. I quite like the idea of brewers and things going at each other with names. This is well, what we want. That brings us to their non-alcoholic offerings. Oh, it's just what it is. In front of you are two glasses. Been in the fridge all night. I poured them about 10 minutes ago. I'd say one of them has lost its head much quicker than the other. Yeah, one's lost its head completely. You have in front of you Brewdog's Nanny State. Okay, so I've heard of that one. And you have Aldi's The Lowdown. Oh, they really have ripped it off. I'm looking at the cans. <laughs> They look exactly the same. So they are the two drinks in front of you. <laughs> Can you do that? I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's almost identical. Interesting matchup, I think, for the first match okay. in the uh, in the AF World Cup. So let me just say, the cans look very similar. The, the, the poured beer couldn't look more dissimilar. One is much darker than the other. Yeah. That's... Shall I give them a go then? Yeah, go on. Which one are you going to try? You're going to try the darker one I'm going to go first. for the darker one first. I'm going to do this like it's wine. I'm going to smell it first. Oh, it's quite hoppy. Okay. Now, it is worth me saying that I've said several times in this podcast that Brewdog's Nanny State is not one of my favourite. No, I know. Well, that's... So, so that's... I'm glad you haven't told me because that may may swing me. Okay, I've taken the first so one. So here is the other one, the much lighter... This is the one that lost its head really quickly. That smells a bit weird. Shall I make my decision? Go on. Which one do you think is the Brewdog Nanny State? Which one do you think is the lowdown? And then which one are you putting through to the next round? I think that is the Brewdog Nanny State. I think that is the lowdown. And I prefer that one. You prefer the lowdown? I've got that completely wrong. You, no, no, you have. That is, you've got the Brewdog, you've got the lowdown, and you're putting the lowdown through to the next round. Yeah, I've gone for Aldi. Yeah. I'm more of an Aldi type person, I, I? I Now, I have to say, there is something slightly unfair in this, in that I don't think either of those are great AF beers. I actually quite like the Aldi one. That's quite nice. I think it's got a slightly weird... It, it tastes like fizzy water that's been flavoured to taste like lager. I've tasted a few now. Not that Those two wouldn't make my top ten list in any way. But it, I've got to go on what I think to start with. So I'm, I'm going to go way, with the lowdown. I mean, the World Cup draw has been made and uh, sometimes down. you do get two minnows meeting in the early rounds. Lowdown of, of, of God 2-0 victory there, I'm saying. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. It's also worth mentioning, I think this lowdown is 69p a can, which is <laughs> a, a third of the price of the, the nanny state. There is another brew dog alcohol-free that you like, isn't there? There is which might be coming up in the next round. Uh, well, I hope so, I'll put it through. Brewdog's going to hate me. So there is also an equivalent Aldi version of it. Are they going head-to-head -head again? Well, I mean, we'll see how what comes out in the draw, <laughs> but you never know. Okay, so look, we'll keep doing that, and eventually we'll get a winner. I think, I mean, there is one other thing to mention while we're on AF News. Go on. And uh, this is a bit of a spoiler alert, because they are going to come on the show in a couple of weeks. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about. I'm very excited about this. It's one of my favourite beers. It made my top five list earlier in the summer, and that's Lucky Saint. And I was extremely excited to come across a news article the other day about their big move, which absolutely mirrors something we've been calling for for weeks. It was your thing that will change my drinking habits forever call. And that's that Lucky Saint are putting their beer on tap in pubs. Massive. It's a massive change. It's huge. 
So I'm genuinely excited this. Uh, we've, we've been chatting to them this week. Actually, just before we hit record, a box of Lucky Saint arrived. And they look beautiful, I may say. Very nicely packaged. Very nicely packaged. AF beers are so much better at packaging. It's like they know they have to work harder. Some are. <laughs> Some are. Uh, yeah, I sort of agree with you. Do you know what? There is one product that I've seen in the shops recently, and... I like marketing. I like good marketing. I don't know who this is for. Brewdog do a mixed case of strong and non-alcoholic beers. Well, I mean, that, that, that fits in with what we're talking about, about having substitute beers, doesn't it? I guess that's aimed at you and not me, isn't it? Yeah, it's aimed at, it's aimed at me. It's aimed at what, what we're talking about earlier, that you, know, you can put in some non-alcoholic with your... So say you're buying a case for an afternoon at a barbecue, you can have a couple of beers and you can have some non-alcoholic, then go back. You also might have a really dull non-alcoholic friend coming round. <laughs> You've got something for them. So. Exactly. <laughs> You've got someone there to spoil the party. Let's talk about our guest. This is um, quite fortuitous, actually. It sounds like I should know our guest because... Because you know every celebrity in the world. So Jamie East is a TV radio presenter. He presented Big Brother's Bit on the Side with Emma Willis, who I do know. And uh, he presented a programme on Virgin Radio. He's been on Talk Radio recently. He's done Thronecast, the Game of Thrones spin-off companion series. And what a talented man. Yeah, and, and look, I think he's, he's a great broadcaster. And I don't think I'd realised until a couple of weeks ago, he wrote an article. Uh, oh, no, he tweeted at uh, the start of Sober October. It's really good, actually. I read journey. them. So I just read them. It was a lovely thread. And at the bottom, he posted a link to an article he wrote in The Times three years ago when he decided to give up alcohol. And it's a really fascinating story. Really excited to have him on, apart from anything else, because he might have said the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. I was producing Jamie Theakston and Emma Bunton, and we put together a choir of... Do you want to drop any more names? Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Right. It's, it's getting worse. <laughs> we put together a choir of former X Factor contestants, 60 of them, to go around London singing Christmas carols. The Xmas Factor Choir it was. A more heart idea you've never heard in your life. And the website Holy Moly wrote the line, whoever came up with this is an evil fucking genius. (laughs) So with us today, our guest is the founder, the creator of Holy Moly, and possibly the person who said the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me, uh, Jamie East. Jamie, thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you doing? I probably can't say, what year was that? That would have been about, what, well, 2005, it, something it like that? It was 2012, Take credit 13. for it, take credit. Oh, 2012, oh, it was quite late. It was late, X Factor. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that would almost certainly not have been me, but I will take that. <laughs> yeah, got to take the me credit. By proxy. It was me by proxy. <laughs> um, anyway, that's not the reason I've got you on. We're into a third of the way through uh, Sober October now, and this is, uh, I think, a significant month for you, Jamie. It's the third anniversary of your sobriety. Correct, yeah, that's right. So if you can, take us back to three years ago. Was this a trial month off? Were you doing Sober October or was this a concerted full stop? I did it the year before. I did Sober October the year before, but then... I ended up doing Most Haunted Live with Rylan and Yvette Fielding in some weird house, (laughs) some weird house in Penzance, and it just tipped me over the edge. So, and that was on that was on Halloween night. So I ended up having a beer that night, but and then just kind of fell back into kind of old habits. I pretty much knew that that was going to be it, um, and used Sober October as a bit of a smokescreen because what I found was the year before. 
was that it was actually easy. People just accepted it. It wasn't really a discussion. I think for a lot of people that are thinking about giving up drinking, the thing they're worried about almost as much as missing booze is the rigmarole of having to explain it or even they'd feel embarrassed to speak it out loud in front of their friends or their family or their peers because of the uh, the Pandora's box that it tends to open. So it's, it's similar for me, actually. So I, I gave up for my 40th birthday, but that falls in the middle of January. And certainly the first meeting we had for this podcast was, was just before my birthday and we were sat in the pub and there was a big sign that said, uh, you know, ghost chip 0.5 on tap if you're doing uh, dry January. And it, it felt like a really easy time to be in yeah. a pub ordering a non-alcoholic drink. And there was a definite shift when February came around and suddenly that wasn't on tap. Yeah. And, you know, you're reduced to whatever the, the non-alcoholic drink in the bottom of the fridge is. Definitely, I had it easy, luckily, giving up in January. Obviously, a lot of this podcast is about our relationship and the people around you. And yeah. if you used it as a smokescreen for that first month, was there then a point where you said, actually, lads, I'm going to carry on? Yeah, I mean... I was never a big pub guy. I'm quite uh, antisocial anyway. So so kind of going out with my mates was never really a huge part of my weekly routine. Um, Where would you drink? I would just drink just at home. Because I live out in Surrey. I live, I, you know, I, I kind of removed myself from the Soho circuit for exactly these reasons. Because it was, you know, I think I would, certainly would not be here. Talk, I'd be in some iron lung somewhere had I stuck around in, in <laughs> London. So... The kind of culture at the sticks is that you kind of just go and get pissed around people's houses. It's a bit dinner party set, which is great, but the drinking is just out of control. It's just like it's proper old Soakland. So I never really had that pub culture. So actually saying to people took quite a long time. I relied a lot on Chinese whispers just to get it done. You know, the good old school gates and whatsapp groups tended to take care of quite a lot of it for me my family was a different one that felt like a bit more of a um a very definitive conversation that needed to be had but it wasn't actually one that i had properly for about a year and a half weirdly when we started this podcast so you know it is about jeff's journey of of not drinking but it was also about how my journey with him in a way jeff telling me he was drinking my initial reaction was Oh, for fuck's sake, Jeff, come on, that's going to ruin our night out. Like, like, you know, you've lost your friend. Yeah. Did you get any of that? Because I must project that onto him. And I know I probably did. And I've kind of learned now that you've got to look at yourself a little bit, you know. Did you yeah. get that from friends? Yeah, I mean, with friends and it depends. It all depends what, what relationship you have. Because what, what, what in essence you're talking about and what you're saying, you know, underneath the kind of uh, I'm not drinking anymore, what you're actually saying is that our relationship has to change. Yeah. And if you've got friends who you usually only ever see in a drinking situation, whether it's at dinner or in a pub or after the football or maybe something a bit naughtier than that, then what you're saying is you're looking them in the eye and just saying, I want to be your friend but this is just not going to happen anymore. So we've got to work out a different way of being friends. You know, it's difficult. I, I would imagine it's difficult not to take that personally because what your friend is saying to you is, I don't like what we're doing here. Yeah. Whereas actually what you're feeling is, I really fucking like this. <laughs> I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. That's how it feels. It feels like, well, well, what have I been doing wrong? Which I completely get. Why has our relationship been that bad that you're going to stop doing, you know, yeah. this big part of it you're taking away? It's selfish, but on this, I try and say exactly how I feel, and that's how I felt. I don't find it. I don't think of it as selfish, and you know, and I'm sure 
Jeff's had it as, as many times as I have. I've, I have a theory, and it's not trying to pry into your psyche or anything, is that, that people aren't doing it for selfish reasons. They're doing it for fear because what the sober person is doing is reflecting your own relationship with alcohol straight back at you. Oh, that's deep. I'm not sure I 100% agree with that because... I... Maybe not, but there must have been a moment when Jeff told you where you were just like, well, I'm all right, aren't I? Or am I? <laughs> you know what? I didn't think that, no. No. I, 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 one of, one of our one first of the... episodes was a visit to a, a liver hepatologist. I think there was definitely a moment during that episode when you did think that. Um, <laughs> Jamie, your careers, you're a musician, you're a TV presenter, you're a radio presenter... We've both worked in, in media. Those are not necessarily easy careers to have and not drink, are they? No. And I think I think it's getting better. I think we're all men of a certain age. So we, we probably grew up in, did our formulative <laughs> runner years in the mid to late 90s, which was probably the worst time. Wasn't it just? Uh, f- for, for debauchery and hedonism. I think obviously up and down the whole country anyway, but certainly in TV land in TFI era and the word and, you know, Britpop and, and everything. So it's just ingrained in our psyche, you know, and, and it's not until you talk to someone outside of media and you, you realise just how ludicrous your lifestyle is. It's just like, you know, and I talk about it in my A group a bit. Um, there's a few people from media in there. And it's just, the, the, just the, when you mention to someone, it's like, yeah, we've just done six weeks work. So we're all going on a massive party to congratulate ourselves. It's like, it's called a rap party. And they go, what do you mean you've just done six weeks work? What do you mean six weeks work? Well, I've done a show every Friday for six weeks. So we're all going out and on a 12-hour bender to celebrate. And look at you as if you're fucking mad. What? So fucking what? And, and it's not, it's like, yeah, that's... That's just a party for a party's sake, really. It's just, it's, so, it's things like that that are quite tricky. But I was, you know, I was the last one standing all the time. So I think people were probably disappointed because fun time Frankie wasn't arriving anymore rather than, rather than any, rather than missing my company. I would imagine that it was more to do with the fact that I wasn't the one dragging everyone along with me. So they had, someone else had to assume that role. I was a breakfast show producer on radio for, pretty much 15 years. How many times did you push on through? Oh, I mean, there was certainly a pillow under my desk for nights when I would go straight from whatever bar and get two hours sleep and then then carry on to work. But then I think part of the role of being the producer is actually to create that atmosphere, to make sure everybody's having a fun time, to make sure that, you know, if you have a great results day then you take everybody out for a drink and if you have a terrible yeah. results day you take everybody you take out for a drink, for a drink. Um, and if you don't move much on the radio you go for a drink anyway it's tuesday <laughs> yeah. let's go for it um you mentioned aa there um which is something we haven't really talked about we've, we've had a couple of guests on who've said they tried it and it wasn't for them yeah although both those guests i think had started a kind of what you would say is a rival to aa so they were guests because AA didn't work for them and they came up with another system. So I think oh, okay. that, I think that yeah, was yeah. kind of why. I think the interesting thing, so I've, I've read a couple of articles that you've written on this, Jamie, and you've said you don't necessarily think of yourself as having been an alcoholic. That was the article. That was not like my coming out article that I wrote for the Sunday Times. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd really admitted it to my family. They knew that I'd stopped drinking, but it was very much... I come from a, a family of very passionate drinkers not necessarily damaging drinkers although it's certainly been there some step of the way but a family whereby a lot of red wine is consumed a lot of the time and so 
that was the most tricky one was 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 remove myself from the equation from that and that i think that was quite difficult for my family to or certain certain members of my family to get their head around because it completely changed our relationship i think in in some way shape or form um, not for the worse but just different so that article coming out was actually really easy to write but i didn't know how to start it and because you know the traditional way to start an article like that is just say, hi, I'm Jamie and I'm, I'm an alcoholic. And I just thought that was so fucking cheesy just from a writer's <laughs> point of view that I couldn't actually bring myself to say it because it was just such a fucking cliche. <laughs> and also I was aware that this would be the first time that certain members of my family had even heard of it or heard of that I was doing this. So I didn't want to kind of like go, you know, if you come out as gay, you don't just walk in and go, hi, I like cock. You, you know, you, you you break it to them a bit gent. You know, you 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 ease it in gently, so to speak. So, um, be a great way to start. Though, yeah, so it? it would be a great way. <laughs> Mum, Dad, fucking love cock. Um, so I just so I just wrote that and just never went back and changed it, and it just ended up in there. So, and there was an element of like, you know, saying that you're an alcoholic. I think there's still a stigma and in, in the connotations around it that you are someone drinking whiskey out of a paper bag at, at eight o'clock in the morning. And that's certainly true for a lot of people that end up in AA with their kind of, you know, really interesting tales of rock bottom and all the rest of it. I wasn't that person. I'd not had, I'd not woken up kind of, um, God, one of the worst rock bottoms I've heard was a mate of mine who's, who woke up in a, he was in he was in london one minute and the next thing he realized he was in a bavarian nightclub toilet trying to crush up uh, a toilet kind of cubicle cube thinking it was coke and it was all piss stained and you know he was dabbing his gums on it and that was his rock <laughs> bomb so, no. so so i'd never thankfully ever really experienced that mine and i think mine was a lot was was what a lot of people would would recognize as just a slow boring degradation in health and attitude and productivity and and all the rest of it i could just feel myself ebbing away and i knew that it was because of booze so which is a you know which is a form of alcoholism i wasn't drinking at eight o'clock in the morning but in the same respect i couldn't remember the last time i'd gone for a day without drinking a bottle of red which is you know i can so i've got three months left of my trial year uh, wow. And then I have to decide really whether I, I carry on, whether I just reinvent the way that I drink. Uh, whether I, you get a new mate. Are you counting down the days, are you? Have you got, have you yeah, got, I mean, if he goes after a year, this podcast's fucked. It's the crystal on ice, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I guess my biggest decision is sobriety or moderation. Yeah. Did you ever consciously make that decision? Yeah, because I think everyone who's who's overdone it for a, for a long period of time has always gone, oh God, I've really got to, really got to calm this down. No, no more weeknight drinking, darling, darling. We're not going to drink at the weeknights, only at the weekends. Friday's the weekend though, right? Yeah, Friday's the weekend. Okay. Well, it's nearly, it's Thursday, fucking us. You know, and then before you know, it's Sunday night's here. Let's kiss goodbye to the weekend. And so moderation just didn't work for me because I just couldn't do it. It's just. Do you think it's our culture? So, so that, that maybe if we teach moderation yeah. earlier, and you don't always have to get hammered and you can substitute narco drinks and people would keep the drinking in their locker. Yeah. For example, I, I, I have a bit of moderation because when in the 90s and I was, you know, going out every single lunchtime around Soho, just so because I couldn't drink that much, I was still playing football. I decided I'm not going to drink when I'm at home. Yeah. Now I've got four kids. I don't go out all that time. I still don't drink at home. So I never have a drink in the house because I got into the habit of it yeah. and it's stuck with me. So I went out to the pub last Saturday. I've not had a drink since then just because I don't drink in the house. And that was a forcing. But if we 
kind of got that a bit earlier, which is why I think having non-alcoholic beer on taps yeah. in pubs, so it doesn't, you can come with a, you don't look like a weirdo with two little bottles poured in. Yeah. That sort of thing would make it better. Do we not do that early enough? It seems to be we wait until there's a problem, then we have to sort it. Britons traditionally have got a, a, a dreadful relationship with alcohol. You know, just absolutely dreadful. You know, we we look to our European cousins for loads of insight, whether it's the way that, you know, the, the Swedish life work balance or even, and, but especially like the French, you know, and their, their drinking culture where, where alcohol is introduced as a, at a younger age, but in a sensible, more cultured way. Whereas over here, booze is a rites of passage you know getting pissed for the first time yep. is something that your parents are secretly proud of which is just fucking ridiculous or it's just <laughs> something that, that just has to be done and it's prevalent you know lockdown has proved that to be prevalent the government are shit scared and were shit scared and are still shit scared of shutting pubs because of the civil unrest that they knew it would create and it's just insane and, you know, the videos of people, well, should our pubs at 10 o'clock, I'm just going to go and get fucked on Trafalgar Square. What the fuck are you going to do about it? Oi, oi! And that's and, and it's just insane that we're in this situation. I should say we've gone past seven minutes. Are you okay to carry on, Jamie? Yeah, oh, yeah, but, yeah exactly. <laughs> this is, yeah, into new territory now. <laughs> um, interestingly, there's also, I mean, you've, we've talked about culture there. I think one of the things I've only noticed this year is the giving of alcohol as a gift. <laughs> is just part of our culture. I got a, yeah. a, a nice bottle of red wine sent through the post last week for a, a job I'd just done. And, you know, I, I don't know the people I've worked for. Yeah, it was a lovely thing for them yeah. to do. But it did just strike me. There is a massive assumption there. Whenever mm. people give alcohol as a gift, I should say my 11-year-old son felt really bad and got... Because uh, <laughs> you couldn't the, have a present. Yeah, yeah he got the Sober <laughs> Source website up on his computer and sort of Aww. got his mum over and said, um, can we order dad some non-alcoholic drinks instead? Oh, so nice. I, I got a nice box from my son instead. So, can, can I just say, sometimes when we do this podcast, I feel kind of like... I've arranged a really kinky threesome. And when it gets there, the other two are kind of in the corner. And I've got to stand in the corner on my own. They'd say, you do, ugly We're the two go. noshing off in the corner. Yeah, and and, and, uh, can, yeah. can you make your ugly fella stand over there? That's me. I'm the ugly fella in the corner. Because in, in lockdown, I have to say, for, for me, pubs are a big part of my life. And in lockdown, I didn't drink because if I'm not socially, if I'm not with everyone else around that table telling stories, the, the, the drink goes with it. So, so for a bit of me, I'm like, okay, you're probably right in your views. We've got to shut down pubs because of COVID, and I, I get that. But my need to get there wasn't for booze. My need was for the booze in a social setting. The social setting, and, yeah, exactly. And and, and I like that. I, I, whereas if I'm at home drinking, I, well, I don't drink at home, so so the, the Zoom call drinks didn't work and things yeah. like that. That's so there is weird, an element it? of of of. Pubs do bring people together, and, and no, I, they and do. I, they absolutely do. And I love a pub. But like you say, it's only I think only this year really where where pubs have started to cut on the fact that actually more and more people are sober, or more and more people are choosing not to drink on a night out, and people are being slightly more well. I would certainly hope more responsible in terms of drink driving and stuff. So they are. It is becoming better. The pub yeah. culture is great. You know, I do enjoy going to the pub still. Which is why I think having non-alcoholic beers, a selection on tap, so when you go to the bar you and you a order pint. a pint, non-alcoholic yeah. beer, you look normal coming back. There's three pints, one's not alcohol, no one knows. Yeah. You have a drink and it's fine. 
it has to be done. Like you say, in Spain they have it. You like you you get you get um. What's... Well, Australia have double taps. One yeah, alcoholic, one, one non alcoholic. Why not do that? Make it normal. Don't make it like the weirdo not drinking. Make it like the yeah. It's just having a pint, but it's pint hasn't got alcohol. That one tastes a bit different. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to go stand in the corner and leave you two to it for a bit <laughs> uh, because. I know you said you've not been to the pub since the weekend. No. Uh, you don't drink at home. No. And you've been running a lot recently. And I <laughs> Turning think, into Jamie. I think this is where you two <laughs> I've have got a common new, ground. I've got a new series of Game of Thrones coming up next week too. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's really interesting. I don't think I've found that thing to fill... Fill the void. The hangover time with. Yeah. Uh, whereas I, I know for you that that's been running, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, it's just, as you, as you know, Jeff, it's like when you, when you do give up drinking, you find instantly you have just an incredible amount of time in your hands and it's bizarre and that's one of the most unsettling things about the whole thing that i found was just the amount of time that i must have spent feeling either hung over pissed or knackered you know and that that probably ended up being easily 35 to 40 percent of every single day you know where the first few hours of your day you're struggling the middle of the day, you're a bit knackered. And by the end of the day, you're just pissed again. And so it is quite weird to try and find something to fill those hours. Not just the hours that you would normally have spent at the pub, but you wake up earlier. You are, you're good to go 10 minutes after getting up rather than after an hour and a half and three coffees and a hot shower. So, so running for me really sorted that out because the, I, the dopamine uh, injection that you get from running is quite similar to, to that kind of slight adrenaline feeling that you that any kind of uh, someone with an addiction problem will recognize that they they have about 10 minutes before either uh, a line or a pint and and so for me it was a nice healthy alternative and, and obviously the benefits in terms of weight and mental health are, are just crazy is that your biggest plus from this whole three-year period is that what you you would sell it to other people as so the way I sell it to other people, and it's slightly hippie-ish, but it's bang on, is just that I'm a better person. I'm just a nicer man. I'm, I'm a better husband. I'm a far better father. I'm a better employee. I'm a better, my work's better. I'm happier. Without getting too hippie-ish, you kind of, you know... The world's you're full getting of, quite hippie. I am. It's going to carry the world's the world's full of love, man. And you realise <laughs> oh, that no. when you're a bit sober. <laughs> um, I, I really don't think we can uh, find a better out than that. <laughs> Jamie, thanks for coming on. It's been an absolute joy speaking to you. I feel like we should give you an opportunity to plug your podcast. Sure. Yeah, uh, it's the Smart Seven podcast. It's a, a daily news podcast that I get up at uh, kind of stupid o'clock, and I certainly wouldn't be able to do that if I was drinking. And it's published at 7 a.m. every day, and it's the seven biggest stories of the day, and it's doing really well. So, yeah, it's good fun. What series of Game of Thrones are you up to? I've never watched one. <laughs> no, You've never one watched episode. Game of Thrones? <laughs> a man that drinks and doesn't watch Game of Thrones. We're, no. we're never going to shout no. Not even a little kiss, are we? <laughs> I mean, and I'll tell you what, you're not a bad-looking man either. I was hoping there. For a minute, I was thinking, if, you know what, if I knock the boot off, I could have a chance here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not that note, if we can end in the traditional way, uh, Jamie East. I've got a non-alcoholic beer in your, in your honour here, Jamie. Cheers, Cheers. Jamie. Cheers, guys. Cheers.